0: Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast,
1: one had a
2: teardrop tattoo. That means they've murdered someone. That right? I think so.
1: Mm-hmm. You and I should get a bunch of teardrop tattoos and then feign ignorance. <laughs> yeah, I just cry a lot. No, I, you've killed four people. No. Mm-hmm.
2: My oldest says uh, she wakes up Sunday morning. She goes out in front of the house. She goes, "Daddy, why is there a wheelchair in front of our house? Mm-hmm. The rubber was worn out on it. So I hope the person, maybe they were healed at the fair." That's possible by one of the carnies. (laughs) Maybe that's their magic power. So this is called the Book of Life. I got 44 out of 50 on this. Clowns laugh, children cry, but they do not see the gum on their shoes. Mm-hmm. The children scream in pain or joy. With taunts and howls, they torment me into a violent rage. Bites at my arm, gnawing down to the very bone. Infection sets in on that bloody clown. Mm-hmm. He does those five-hour energy ads. Does he just have, like, a, a bucket of the stuff <laughs> that he a, dunks his head in?
0: You he would think he'd that because
3: of the way his hair looks. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Oh, And then, um... Went to the midway. Up. <coughs> Score. Went to the well, midway after that.
1: Right <laughs> Mark that one down.
2: Stop. You're listening to the Jay and Dan podcast, presented by our good friends at Coors Light.
0: Score.
1: That.
2: That. Oh, doctor. Welcome to the j and Dan Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Coors Light. It's uh, the week of September 17th, 2018. Um, I liked a, a tweet today that uh, someone tweeted out from, from the, 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 the weather channel. Said, the weather will be warmer than slowly get colder as we approach winter. Th- <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that prediction.
1: Weather Channel's a good, uh, good follow on Twitter. <laughs> good follow. How's it going? We, uh, we just got back from uh, Saskatoon, one T- of my down. favorite cities. Skatoon. I was it with, has changed with, my I life. Up, I was out with a few people uh, after you bailed on Saturday, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I said Skatoon to them. They were all native Saskatonians. They had never heard Skatoon before and were really into it. I was like, I didn't really go far to.
2: I don't think I made that up. I think the, uh, the highlight of the weekend. <clears throat> so uh, Jay and I, we got on a flight uh, Friday afternoon to go uh, take part in the Children's Wish Golf Tournament at the Willows. Had a great time. Great course. Cold. Uh, uh, I'm
1: speaking sit- of weather,
2: a little chilly. I'm sitting there in my seat, uh, minding my own <coughs> business, uh, back in the middle of the bus. Um, and I'm watching a movie. I think I was watching Deadpool 2. And I see uh, a man coming down the hallway to, to use the facilities on the Air Canada flight. And uh, he's very broad-shouldered. Uh, and uh, it was Darren Detition on our flight. So Darren Detition was on the same flight as us. He was not going to the same event. He was going out for dinner with his sister and then uh, doing a, a sports banquet, I believe. But it, it's always great to see Dutchie in the wild.
1: We were lucky enough to go to the Willows, which is maybe the nicest course in Saskatoon. I think we'll probably get some people disputing that. But it was a wonderful it. time. And tell them what we did. Tell them what we did on the tee box.
2: Uh, first off, thanks to Craig, uh, the head pro, he let me his pants. <laughs> it was cold. Yeah. <laughs> we,
1: in Toronto, over the weekend, it was like 30 degrees and humid. And in Saskatoon, I think it was... They said it was 13 degrees. Yeah. But it was so... Windy and Mm -hmm. so rainy, that I actually have to say, they had a great turnout, considering the conditions were not good. And the course is in beautiful shape. But we were on the eighth green, or eighth eighth tee hole, hole. (laughs) the eighth tee box.
2: Bill Hader just won uh, an Emmy for Best Actor in Barry. We're watching the Emmys as we speak. Henry Winkler also won for Best Supporting Actor, if you've never seen Barry. Great show. What a show. But uh, yeah, we were on the tee box. Yeah, we sat on the tee box, and usually we're put with a group. But uh, when the the gentleman that uh, booked us, John, uh, when you were discussing with him, he said, well, how do you guys want to do this? He said, well, if you play with a group, we, we only get to see that group all day. So I said, why don't we sit at a hole and then we can take shots with every group that comes through and then heckle them as they're about to swing. Uh, so we got to do that all day. And it was a heck of a lot of fun.
1: It was an amazing time. Um, and we got, we got to spend time at the hole with... Uh The last year's recipient, uh, sort of the Children's Wish Foundation Wish Kid, a young man named Jacob, his wish was to play catch with Aaron Rodgers. He got to do it just a couple of months ago. Incredible. Can you imagine how cool that would be? He said he was just the best guy. So that was awesome. And then his wish
2: by the end of the day was to leave that tee box and never hear our jokes again. And, of
1: course, that was because, and when you say our jokes,
2: (laughs) you mean your jokes.
1: Because uh, I was just heckling people. You were telling... The same four jokes, over and over and over. But
2: here's the thing.
1: Here's the thing.
2: Um, it's I've said it before on this podcast. I only have four jokes, and we're on a tee box, so it's new material to every new group coming through. It's just old material to everyone that was at the tee box with us.
1: Yeah, like me. And then of course we had a we had a pro with us, and so the the shtick was the pro hit first. It was par three. Uh. Devin, great guy, beautiful swing. Mm-hmm. He would usually put it on, you know, 10, 15 feet away. And then everyone else had to try to get it closer to the hole than his ball. If they got closer to the hole, they were entered into a, uh, for a prize. And you and I also uh, hit a couple shots, and that was, that was the same deal. If you got it closer than us. Well, we never really hit the green all day.
2: I, I, th- I hit it uh, three, maybe four times out of, I don't know how many shots we took, at least 40. Yeah, I'd say it's more than that. It was I'd say getting... we were
1: taking like hundred shots. There was a couple of times when we just took ten in a row, and maybe landed it on the green twice. Yeah, the pro he
0: there he was, was another. If you put another twenty great. bucks,
2: you could pick the club that you wanted him to hit. So he could make uh, hit driver. He could hit putter. He put the putter on the green. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. He he was good. And then Scotty, his buddy, he was the guy <laughs> who brought you. If you if you follow me on uh, the Instagrams on my Instagram stories, Scotty was the guy who brought. On for, on Thursday's show or Friday morning show, Sports Center with Jay and Dan, we talked about how much we love Tim Hortons hash browns, and so we brought Dan an entire bag, approximately ten Tim Hortons hash browns, and Dan proceeded to eat every single one on the
2: spot. And he's the guy uh, I sent out a tweet. He looks identical to Sean Cullen, the comedian from Corky and the Juice Pages Yeah, like uh, a
1: young Sean Cullen. Yeah. So uh, he's been on this podcast a couple of times, many at least times. twice. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Good old Peter Brobel.
1: Great guy. Um so yeah we had a we had an awesome time at the tournament. Uh, so, uh, we partook
2: in a couple of beverages during the day. Yeah. And then and then during the day everyone's like, "Oh man, we're going to Metallica tonight cuz Metallica was playing in Saskatoon and we're like, "Oh, that'd be fun. Why can't we go?" Oh, come on, guys. And then someone got wind of this. They're like, uh Glenn, uh he owns one of the businesses that uh that purchased uh uh, a big uh, sponsorship in the tournament. He said, "Well, I got two tickets in a suite. You want to go?" We're like, "Yeah. Please. Thank you." So we went
1: to Glenn's suite and, and had just the best time. So Oh god, it was great.
2: Glenn, by the way, owns a limo.
1: Well, he's not the only one. Uh Glenn, <laughs> I want to make sure I get this right. It's Glenn Wig. W I G. And he's the president of Aquifer Distribution. Shout out to Aquifer. Glenn, uh, so it was you, me, and Glenn in a limo. <laughs> I'm going to post a picture. I'll get Danny, our social media guy, to post it on the uh, Jane Dan Instagram account of you in the limo in your golf shoes because we had to go directly from the golf course to the concert or we would have missed it. And uh, I was wearing golf attire, which is totally inappropriate for Metallica, as were you, but you actually were rocking golf shoes.
2: Because I I wore them straight from the hotel because I said, I was thinking, I'm like, I'm going to lose my shoes if I bring my other shoes, so I just wore them straight from the hotel, and um, here's a, a heads up, what arena was it in? What arena? It was
1: in Sa- what, what used to be Sask Place, I believe it's called the Tell Center now.
2: Um, if you've ever been on a concourse in an arena, they have like that slippery paint so things don't stick to it. Uh, don't wear golf shoes on that slippery paint. Well
1: maybe don't wear golf shoes off of a golf course, period. <laughs> Let's start there. Oh my God, Jesus. That's uh, a that's a good piece of but why why didn't you bring a change of shoes?
2: You just thought, eh, I thought much I'd trouble them. yeah. yeah. I thought we'd be back at the hotel and then change and then go up for a big dinner. I didn't know Metallica was in the cards. For a second
1: there I thought I lost the check. That, that we you were donated
2: to the, to the Children's, children's wish
1: Foundation, so um yeah yeah i didn't I don't think either of us realized that Metallica would be in the cards. I would describe myself as i'm not a Metallica fan, but I certainly appreciate them as a band. I remember when Metallica was huge is when we were in junior high and high school, uh and Justice for all was so big that one video was like ten minutes long, it was so good, great tune, mm-hmm. and then the black album came out, a lot of people thought they sold out, but that's that's where Enter Sandman is on and Wherever I May Roam or whatever. Um, I don't know. They had a bunch of hits on that one. They sold a million, billion copies of that.
2: The, the only But that they, was like 30 years The ago. only problem I had was at the start of every song, I'm like, all right, I know this one. And then they'd start singing. I'm like, oh, I thought it was. A- so they have a new album out. And it's the classic play something from the new album,
1: which they did. And then they played some stuff from, you know, Ride the Lightning and Injustice for All. So stuff I just wouldn't know. Yeah. And it just got to be like every song sounded the same. And by that point we had been drinking since <laughs> eleven AM?
2: Probably earlier. They could have
1: put Kid a, drinks
0: <laughs> at last time. We were in not could,
2: the best shape. They could have put uh, a country and western band on the stage and we would not have noticed. Yeah. River yeah. River time. You were uh, <laughs> Yeah, you were in fine. Fine form. Oh, the James. Also, uh, if you get a chance to go to the James Hotel in Saskatoon, it's amazing. Now, speaking of concerts, we we uh, ran out of time. You were in Chicago the previous weekend, and you saw a band that uh, uh, a man, not a band, a man that I'm very jealous that you saw at Wrigley.
1: A man with a band, uh, and that's Billy Joel. And, and we've mentioned this before. You and I saw him together uh, at the Hollywood Bowl. Sensational show. This one was not as good to oh, me. What? Not as good as that show for one main reason. Mm. The band was the same. Still had that guy with the saxophone and the vest. Awesome yeah. dude. Um, band was killer. Billy was killer. Hilarious. He had one great line, three songs, and he says, uh, this is our sixth year in a row playing Wrigley Field. And uh, I don't know why you guys keep coming. I don't have any new <laughs> <shit."> <laughs> I got honest. no new shit. Yeah, <laughs> he brought the house down with that one. But um, the he was great. Uh, the main problem. Well, there's two problems for me, Tulsi. And okay. I want you to help me out with this. The first problem was the sound. It's Wrigley Field. It's right. not the Hollywood Bowl. Hollywood Bowl was built for concerts. Right. Wrigley Field was built to play baseball. So it was understandable that the sound would not be as good. It. Um, but there's no. It was there actually garbage. It is it just going up into? It was the just end? garbage, okay. and it was windy. It's the windy city. So, um, so the sound was maybe the worst sound of any concert I've ever wow. been to in my life. Okay. Having said that, he was great. Um, big Shot, My Life, Moving Out, Don't Ask Me Why, Allentown, Only the Good Die Young, She's Always a Woman, et cetera. Et cetera Piano Man, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But then he played a lot of, in my opinion, see, I'm not as big of a Billy Joel fan as you are. I want the hits and maybe three obscure album tracks. I thought he played eight tracks that I wouldn't have known okay, what, and so what it goes no man's land big man on mulberry street I know I'm sure like Billy Joel fans at home are like dude those are huge hits but I didn't know them. okay summer Highland Falls yeah. like we're into four songs here where I'm like what Billy sometimes a fantasy never heard of it and then he played River of Dreams which is his worst <laughs> song ever it has changed my life <laughs> I was like really you're playing this Billy Anyway, he was cool. But then we went... So we bolted and went straight to the Second City main stage. So Second City, as many of you may know, originated in Chicago. And that's where, like, I think, like, uh, Belushi and Chris Farley and all those guys, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, all came out of Second City, Chicago. So we wanted to go check it out. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. They were so good. And then we went the next day to see Rolling Blackout's Coastal Fever. They were unbelievable. But after the show... We've been eating deep dish pizza all day and drinking all day. And oh, before we got to that show, I got to say something. We went to a restaurant called Monteverde, excellent Italian restaurant. And we're sitting there eating. This is me and my buddy Trevor, my high school pal. And this waiter comes up and he keeps bringing us drinks and food and finally he goes, "Listen, I didn't want to say anything, but I am a huge fan of you guys." Like, I love you guys. I we can't get any hockey, any hockey in down Of you here. and Trevor? Yeah. So he says, "Yeah, he's like, I'm a huge fan of you too. You guys are so great." <laughs> We can't get any hockey news down here. You know, nobody watches hockey, so I totally follow you guys, and I won't tell you how I'm getting your show, but I'm getting it kind of thing. And so I just want to say, man, I'm a huge fan of, of you and Dan here. So uh, let me get your next round. And I said, uh, "This isn't uh, this isn't Dan." But then I looked at Trevor, and I'm like, "Yeah, he kind of looks like you. Like, uh-huh. you guys could maybe be brothers." Do You have a picture. So uh, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you a picture, but I'm going to I'm going to put up on uh, again. We'll get Danny to put up on on at J and Dan a picture of Trevor side by side with Dan and you guys can decide if he looks like him
2: so for the rest of the weekend did he walk into bars hey i'm <laughs> <no> Tool.
1: <laughs> give me some <laughs> well, that's what you always do when you walk in. when you walked into the James in Saskatoon on uh Friday oh. you walked in give me some
2: speaking of um speaking of who was there <laughs> If you're looking for an older woman in Saskatoon that has a lot of money, yeah. they're in that lobby bar.
1: Yeah. Uh, Rich Widows. Yeah. yeah, It was a great bar. I loved it. But very quickly, rolling blackouts, so we go to the show, mm-hmm. and then we're going to go out to have some more drinks, and I'm like, we're going to go to a bar near the hotel. So I'm like, dude, can I stop back at the hotel because I really have to... Holiday Inn Express? Close. I really have to take it. I have to do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So Good he's like, call. you don't want to do that
1: in exactly. a restaurant. So, I, so he's like, yeah, totally. I've got to do it too. Let's just, <laughs> we'll just head back. You know, it's like takes one guy to just say it. So it's great. We go back, do our business. You know, 10 minutes later, it was a quick one. We're both downstairs. We're out at the bars, having a great time. But here's the problem. That didn't happen. No. Because... He was 10 minutes, but I was 15 minutes because I plugged up my toilet.
2: Oh no! <laughs> and
1: And it wasn't anything big, literally. It was just a normal bowel movement. But, and do you do this too, Dan? Like, what's that? You know when you flush and it's like, oh God, it's not going down. And then I always flush again. I always flush twice. So that the water rises perilously close to the very top of the bowl, but not quite over the bowl, and just hangs there. So now it's filled the bowl completely, like a large pot of pasta. So you. Uh... So it's totally full, plugged up. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I don't know what to do. You're so I considering go. reaching in. I thought about it, but I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm at a hotel. I'm going to go down to the, to the front desk. So I go to the front desk. <laughs> And sure enough, and I knew this was going to happen as I was going down to the elevator, I'm like, I bet you it's, there's only one woman at the desk. It'll be a woman and then there'll be a lineup. And sure enough, that's exactly what it was. So there's like two people in line and then me. So I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. At the last second, right before it was my turn, a dude comes to the front desk to work at the front desk. And I'm like, oh, thank God. So I go over to him and I'm like, can you come over to the side? Can you come over to the side with me? He's like, what the fuck? All right. Yeah. What? I'm like. I plugged up my toilet. He's like, "What?" I'm so sorry, man, but I, uh, my toilet is plugged. It is like I, I need someone to go up there and take care of it. He's like, "Oh, don't worry about it, man." I'm like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah, don't worry about it. Just, just get out. You know, head out. Do what you got to do. When you come back, everything will be fine." I'm like, "Oh God, this is why you stay at a hotel, <laughs> right?" They've de- they've dealt with way worse. He's probably
2: thinking you had like a.
1: A dead yeah, hooker in here. Right. Life. That's so I thought. So then, so we go out, Trevor and I, we have an awesome night. Three in the morning, we get back. I'm like, come back. I'll, I'll have a nice clean toilet. I, I walk down the hallway toward my room. And there's a large bucket with a plunger in it outside my door.
2: Ah, uh, so it's a do-yourself do they yourself job?
1: They left a bucket and a plunger for me to do it myself. <laughs> now, my question for you, and my question for Mike Johnson, who's going to be our guest, NHL and TSN analyst, longtime NHLer, over 600 games, five NHL teams. My question is if you plug your toilet at a hotel, shouldn't it be the hotel's responsibility to plunge that toilet? Hmm. It's not an Airbnb.
2: <laughs> it's not an Airbnb. It's a hotel. Okay, so you saw... Something them. happens, what? you fix it. What did you do? I, I grabbed the plunger. I wasn't going to let it fester.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, what could I do? I, that is baffling. I can't believe that they... But they probably... The guy probably looked at what you did in there, and he's like, I'm not touching this. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. He probably did that. But that's wrong. Why wouldn't you have called down instead of walked down? Well, because I was walking down anyway, but I knew I was leaving. Then you right? don't have to put your your face associated with your your debacle in the toilet. So you just call down and say, "Hello." Yeah, I could have done that,
1: but I don't think it would have made a difference. They still would have come up, plopped a bucket and a plunger in front of my room, and let me deal with it myself.
2: Have you ever experienced this, Mike? How do you this? feel about Mike this? Job.
1: You've you've traveled so much. You've played so many
3: places. Well. <laughs> Welcome that, to the show, Mike. Thanks for having me. <laughs> that's fantastic. Walked into this one, didn't I? <sighs> yeah, We are uh, talking about weird I'm stuff? I'm going with Dano. You got to call down. And that's 100% the hotel's responsibility yes, to take care of that. You. That is not on you. That's what you pay the room <laughs> rate per night for. for. Exactly.
2: So you plunge it in this, put the bucket and the plunger back
1: in the oh, hall?
3: My, yes. <laughs> because would like to do. Because...
1: I I maintain it was a normal bowel movement, and that it was something previous to me. The person who stayed in that room before me had almost plugged it up, and I just put the cherry on top, so to speak.
3: You're trusting for the hotel to have industrial strength pipes to to deal with whatever (laughs) comes up. It shouldn't be like 100-year-old pipes like the ones in my old house. (laughs) Uh, Uh, You know what? I'm just going to start going on the road again, and... Think, yeah. Think I'm, of me. I'm hoping this doesn't come up. Think uh, of me every time
2: you have a So we were there. discussing Jay had a trip to Chicago. He saw Billy Joel at Wrigley. Have you ever seen a concert at Wrigley?
3: No, not a concert. I've been to baseball games there. Okay. Uh, but never a concert. I'm not a massive concert guy. Oh, really? What was no. the last concert Yeah, well,
1: what's the last one you went to? That's a
3: very good question. So long ago, I probably can't even remember, remember what it might be. Um... What about you? Maybe you took your daughters to a show or oh, something. Oh yes, yes, I've seen Taylor Swift, oh, I've there seen you, One, Direction. Counts. One Direction, That Swift, One Direction, Taylor
2: Swift supposedly puts on a really good show.
3: Yeah, she does. She does. Yeah, it's a good show. Yeah. Uh, Bruno yeah. Mars
2: is coming to town.
3: They didn't go see Bruno Mars, but they saw One Direction. I remember somebody. I was at One Direction. My daughters were twelve and eight, or ten and eight, and somebody chirped me on Twitter. It's like I see Mike Johnson dancing to One Direction. I'm like. I'm holding my 8-year-old's hand. Come yeah. on now. See, yeah. Dan's
1: gonna have to deal with that. He can't be doing that to me. And I'm gonna have to deal
2: with that someday. I but I might uh I might get Bruno Mars tickets cuz I actually know
1: I would like to go see him.
2: Yeah, he put on a great show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's all right. How was Billy Joel?
1: He was great, but I was saying the sound was garbage. But Wrigley's not built for concerts and so the acoustics are probably not ideal. There's none.
3: There's no acoustics. Yeah.
1: Like so and it's literally windy. As hell that night. <laughs> it's the windy city. So where do
3: they play? Like at, right, the right at Wrigley. Really, so they set up
1: uh, right in the outfield. They set up a massive stage in the outfield, and then everyone's sort of that way. It's sort of a bowl, right? right? But it's still the sound was crap. Now I actually heard, and someone told me that they saw Pearl Jam there because Eddie Vedder's from of course. there, and that they were great. But I could see because at one point they did a cover of Layla, Billy Joel yep. and his band, and it was really good, and it sounded the best of the night. So I almost wonder if like. If you're gonna rock in it, maybe it would be all night. It would be better sound, I suppose. Just
3: power through. I did, don't know.
2: Did you have a favorite NHL city in which uh, uh, to visit, where you're like, "Oh man, I can't wait! We're gonna like have some time to spend here. I can't wait to get there."
3: Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the Canadian cities are always fun. So Vancouver, you can't go wrong, right? Yeah. Um, it's a you know great city. How many times have you been the Roxy in Vancouver? I made the audit. You know what? When we when was the last time I was there? When I was there a couple years ago, I'm like, I haven't been to the Roxy in, I, <laughs> since the finals of 2011. Right. And so I'm like, I'm going. Yeah. I don't care if anyone's come with me, I'm going. But I'm going to blast from the past. And uh, yeah, you know what? Still still rocking. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Still I've been going. there on occasion. Yes. Uh, Vancouver, Montreal is always great. And now that I've spent more time in the States. Um, Chicago, always, mm-hmm. always at the top of the list. Always, the, the
1: rookie dinners are always in Chicago, aren't they? Like well, steakhouses you know, yeah. and stuff?
3: Well, the rookie dinners are kind of determined based on your schedule. So oh, you okay. need kind of two full days off right. because you need a day to recover <laughs> right. from the rookie meal. Uh, which is why, when I played in Arizona, we could count on at least a half dozen games a year where we had a good chance because the other team had their rookie meal. Right. Like, they were the rookie meal hangover (laughs) game. And we're like, yes, here we go, boys. We got them right where we want them. Um, But yeah, Miami, New York, L.A., Chicago.
2: What was the biggest tab you've ever seen at a rookie meal? Oof.
3: I'll go. So my last year, um, I was playing in St. Louis. St. Louis, right. And so I got hurt, had shoulder surgery in maybe January, and the team was coming to play in montreal and i was recovering in toronto and so i'm like you know what i'll go to montreal to see them i haven't seen the guys in a while and they were having the rookie dinner there perfect oh, so boy. timing was worked out well oh for my me god so i went to uh, and so it was my last Chevelle. year no it was uh <laughs> kind of the russian was but somehow when I was flying, I don't think I stayed for the game. I just went to the rookie dinner and went home in the morning of the game. <laughs> true, nice. true story. I love and it. I- and I got a text at the airport 9 in the morning and not feeling great. And it's like, check out the cover of the Journal de Montréal oh, or whatever no. it was. La Presse. La Presse, whatever it might have been. And it oh, had the tab. And how much? It's terrible to say. It's almost terrible to say. <laughs> no. Fifty-seven. Yes, I thought it was.
2: I thought it'd be closer to like eighty. Okay, fifty-seven. Not that's bad. insane. That's a, 57, that's a lot of food. Seven thousand dollars.
3: Like so that's insane. insane out loud What's the tip? Yeah. What's awful. the tip on that? Well, I'm sure the bill was forty-five, and they tipped yeah like twelve tipped or something. Wow, like twelve. But you, like, good night. You think of all the better ways to spend sixty thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, which is a conversation. Like, even my mom will like. You shouldn't do that, Michael. I'm like, well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's not really me and it's just kind of a thing. I'm just going along why with everybody, everybody. Why don't um... you give it to charity? I'm like, but guys do give money to charity. Yeah. I mean, you can do both. Yeah. I mean, right. you can be, you know, that's why a, it's a best that people citizen, don't know the numbers, right? Which is why I violated the code by telling. No. No, it was on the front page it of the paper. It was in the so paper. So that it one was, was. Okay. But that, it was the highest as it was my last year. It was. Uh,
1: you have played up. on a lot of. You First of all, you played in a lot of interesting cities. You mentioned Arizona. So you played, like, warm-weather cities, Arizona, uh, Phoenix, and Tampa, and then you played in St. Louis, a city that, weirdly, every NHL player seems to love. But me. Oh, you didn't love it. But you weren't there for that long. <laughs> no. You just didn't love it. Like, what didn't you like about it? Uh,
3: mostly because the hockey didn't go great. You know, right. I was, I was there for 40 games. I played 20. It's the first time I'd ever been a healthy scratch. So right. Kind of miserable to begin with. Um, but it was very much, at that point, I'd come to... The Midwestern sensibility is true, they're nice people, kind of a slower pace, but um, I'd come to enjoy places where there is some sort of life, some sort of culture downtown. Right. And it was a Midwestern town where people worked downtown, then everyone went to the suburbs. Right. And like, ghost town at 6pm. Right. Nothing down there. Um, And so, I I guess I'm just not a straight suburb kind of guy. Got it. I'm more of an urban guy, so... um, yeah, and, and mostly cuz the hockey. But you're right. I mean, it's amazing how many people want to retire there. They have the biggest alumni in America that but, live in uh, Scottsdale. Holy heck, Akavo
1: last week was yeah. like my our, my wife and I are talking about going back. Yeah. jeez, like, Okay. Like people I just would, love it. Yeah. There.
3: And I wouldn't make yeah, it. You. No. Yeah. Not not you. You're not know. to.
2: When you play hockey in Arizona, obviously you can you can golf year round. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like Guys are judging you if you golf too much. They're like, oh, this guy golfing again. <laughs>
3: yes. True. But true, true story. True story. We we were, were playing a year in Arizona, and we were not doing well. Tough to decide what year that might have been. But, um, and I think they would maybe made a coaching change. Maybe they'd fired Bobby Francis. And so our rink was, as well reported, well out in Glendale, 45 a drive for where everybody was living. So the last, you know, from January on we basically were having optionals so like you know don't worry about driving the 45 minutes in the morning just come ready to play so there was a group of like four guys that got in the habit of playing nine holes the morning of the game right that was their kind of pregame warm up yeah did not go over well ooh not one of them made it to the trade deadline all four of
1: them were traded wow yeah and was this something like that was gradually found out over time?
3: Yeah, I, I think... Just word got out. I think somehow. word got around, and I think, in a fit of anger, one of the coaches was like, if you guys go golfing in the morning of the game one more time, I swear to God, I gotta... <laughs> and sure enough, they all, they all were dealt because of it. So, um, But like, we had Grant Fuhrer as our goalie coach. Wow. Like that guy was burning rubber out of the out of the practice <laughs> rink to hit the driving Oh range yeah, at like, TPC. He's like a professional golfer. golfer. Yeah. So I mean, the, the coaches like to do it more than anyone. I lived on a golf course there. It was the one place I bought a house. I didn't play golf ever. The only time I played golf was my friends came down or visitors. <laughs> yeah. Like I never played during. So the, you never seems, got to play with Alice Cooper. It seems like in no, Phoenix he's actually, shockingly. Like not off like golf. golf, like golf oh, like like he'd break if he swung a club. Oh no, he's great. No, like he I said know. golf saved his life. And you, yeah, yeah. And you can always tell the teams that you played when they're in Arizona cuz you'd come they'd come in the game and just sunburn so badly. <laughs> And I, like, it was, I always remember the Detroits because all the Scandinavians were just so red in their, their <laughs> faces pasting. and their necks were. and so of course the chippier players not like myself but they'd love to, to grab the jersey and like tug to try to give them the, the collar burn on the neck because it hurt particularly bad fresh off a bad sunburn yeah that was that is uh, yeah it's hard to hide when you spend seven hours in the sun in Arizona will hockey
1: ever work there?
3: Um, well I mean it works in Vegas yeah, but, but it's completely they, different. It is different, why? though, isn't it? Because but, I mean, like if you got the rink in the right spot yeah, and had a good problem, team, right? then, you know, you do okay. I mean, they, they just miscalculate. Yeah. I get why they put the rink in the middle of nowhere, because someone paid them to do it. Yeah. But if they got the rink in the right spot and had a good team, they'd be all right, because you think about it. How many, football aside, because football's almost a bit of an aberration, but of baseball, basketball, and hockey, how many bad teams in America sell out? The Yankees would, the yep. Knicks would, the Red, Red Sox, Sox would, yep. the Lakers might,
1: Lakers Cubs, yeah. But like the big classic teams, Rangers, massive Mites. fan bases. But, and when know, they're bad, Milwaukee's then the, not selling out. No, you're right, you're you right. Know. But that's uh, you brought up Vegas, Mike. Let's well, let's get, see how Vegas does when they're
2: they have a bad team.
1: Yeah, yeah. let's see how many people are going to those games. Because that's maybe they still are. Maybe casinos are giving away tickets. What everyone thought in the beginning. That was going to happen. But everyone's like, oh, such a good fan base. Okay. Well, let's just. Yeah, exactly. Carolina had a good fan base when they won the cup.
3: (laughs) Precisely. And now they're drawing flies. So, uh, you know, Florida might be the only team. Like, you forget when I started the NHL in the late 90s, Washington was awful. Like cavernous, empty tumbleweeds. Right. Chicago, awful. Pittsburgh, awful. And now those are like the class organizations of the league. So you know, it's all very cyclical. The only team I don't remember really ever playing in front of a full house is Florida. Like, I had, yeah. like At no point did I ever play in a game in Florida and be like, oh yeah, <laughs> rocket tonight. Like, it's just, it just never, <laughs> never happened. Yeah. They tarp off the upper bowl. You're oh, like, what God. is cool? it so it, feels, it feels minor league, unfortunately.
2: You, you talk to current players now. What's their take on Vegas? Have you heard horror stories? Guys go in there and you're like, oh man, I don't know if I can go back there. Or did they just lock themselves in the rooms? How do they handle the Vegas experience?
3: Um, I, I, somewhere in between. Like <laughs> the guys are professional, and you, you know the idea that go, guys going in Vegas the night before a game is not you know out to the club at four in the morning and drinking and whatever, partying it up. It's just they might be at a show or at a concert or you know dinner at ten or maybe they play, they gamble a little bit. It's just a little bit different. Not off the rails different okay um but yeah i heard some stories of some guys who you know <laughs> a little bit i mean because most a lot of nhl players have been to vegas but you haven't been to vegas with your team yeah with your boys yeah in the middle of the season
0: yeah, Especially if things are going things good are going and you have a couple and, of days off. And you after. think the first
3: six weeks, ah, we're going into Vegas, expansion team,
0: here we go, boys, <laughs> have yeah. a good
3: night. Pick up two points and on we go. <laughs> that, that never happens. So I, I, like everyone, I'll be curious to see what happens to Vegas this year. I wonder if the novelty will be off for the visitors. The, the Vegas flu will be not as widespread as it was last year, and I, I wonder if that matters at all.
1: Um, so you played in Toronto and Montreal as well. Mm-hmm. Well, which
3: which experience is best for you? You're a Toronto guy. It's it's. I, I don't want to sit on the fence. So Toronto was very neat for me, from Scarborough. You know, I came straight from school. I never knew anything about pro sports. My parents, my siblings, my buddies, everyone got to take part. Yeah, and it was really neat. That's and we pretty had a good neat. team. Yeah, right. You know, we got to the conference final in '99. I did relatively well. So all this talk about the downside of Toronto. I didn't really experience it cause generally speaking, I overachieved because my expectations were so low. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I loved playing for the Leafs. So, I, I don't know, I almost have to discount it because I'm from here. It was right. so unique because I'm from here. But I loved Montreal. Next most of anywhere else I played, I would have stayed. They didn't want me. <laughs> but, um, I only played one year, but I, I loved it. I lived right downtown. I didn't live out in the suburbs and paid a fortune for some rental but it was it was great um, people love their hockey there Yeah, and you, it, but it's a fun town it's a big small town or a small big town yeah like you, cosmopolitan yeah lots of stuff going on you're now
2: up. on the other side of the camera since you played in both those cities with the emergence of social media and podcasts and blo- whatever how many more media members are there in those rooms? Yeah. Like 50 more, 100 more? Like,
3: Yeah. So maybe back in Toronto when it was super busy, late 90s, there would have been 20 people in the room. Right. Right. You know, yeah, because the Sun guy, the might have Star guy. You know, the only sports network at that time. And yeah. there was a like global and a couple of papers. Or Sportsnet might have just been Sportsnet starting, just up. Just starting up. So yeah. there's probably uh, 100 to 100, like 40 to 50. 50 on now. And then Montreal was bigger because it's, it's not quite as big in either language, but with both languages it becomes bigger yeah. than it was in Toronto. Um, so it would be different, but that wouldn't be the hard part. Like, when you're at the rink, whether I'm talking to a scrum of 3 or a scrum, scrum of 12, you're just, you talk your five minutes and on you go. The difference would be in the the, the loss in of anonymity. Right. Yeah. Just in day-to-day life. Yeah.
1: Like, but didn't you find that Montreal, like you said, it like they love that team so much? Did you find when you went out? It
3: yeah, like, but right. it was all very polite. But it was good, and, and like you know, it wasn't like my parents couldn't log on and say, "Oh, here's Mike having dinner," or "Here's yeah. Mike at the bank," or "Here's Mike at the bar." Like you know, things. There's Mike th- at Shaperie. Well, I mean, at one of the teams I used to play for in Canada, <laughs> Toronto, um, you know, occasionally guys after when we practiced at Maple Leaf Gardens way back. Yes. Some guys would go to an establishment for lunch after practice. Sure, yeah. It was a thing. And I'm like, it's so gross to think that that was a destination to eat. Zanzibar? <laughs> Are we talking about well, Zanzibar?
1: Oh, yeah. oh, Brass Rail? Yeah. Yes. When it had food on the
3: main. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, it was a... Made- well, they don't serve food anymore? A- no? Bo- no?
1: No, I don't think so. I think they'll microwave you a pizza. Oh,
3: that's almost what we were getting back It was like a bi-weekly thing. Guys would ro- Roll up there and sit out at 12.30 for a steak sandwich. It's so terrible. I love it. But you could do that and, yeah. and that wasn't a problem. So, um, you know... Yeah, probably not, couldn't do that. Now. You probably wouldn't get away with that now. You probably wouldn't want to. I'm not sure I wanted it back then. But just, you know, just general stuff like that would could be taxing if if you have kids and you're at the playground and you know, people are taking, you know, or you're dropping off at school, or trick or treating. and You know, just different things that come up. General life, and um, so much great about playing in those big markets. But that might be one part that might wear on you after a while. I have some players here that mm-hmm. you played with
1: over the course of your career.
3: Is this research? What are you
1: doing right now? I, it's the only research I've ever done. <laughs> First time for everything. <laughs> uh, you've played with a lot of really awesome players. And interesting player. Yep. Like, so I'm just gonna start with one that just I forgot that you played with Alex Kovalev.
3: Boom. What was that guy like? So. Give us like a a quick summary of Kovalev. He was the Dosekis man before Dosekis existed. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he was the most interesting man in the world. Right. He flew flew his own plane and he had, you know, spoke multiple languages and this, you know, the Russian Eastern European flavor. And I, I, I really, really liked him as a person. And to this day I remember we had to like our secret Santa thing and he got me and he gave me like a hand engraved russian flask. I still have it. It's the coolest thing of all time. I would never have something like that. <laughs> right. And so I got nothing but respect for him and I don't even bag on guys who are immensely talented and maybe don't try as hard as some other guys. Like right. whatever. Everyone's wired different. I probably didn't try as hard as Sidney Crosby tries. What are you going to do? Yeah. Can't hold it against me. No, not everyone's Sidney Crosby. <laughs> right. So it's not even that, but this is my other Kobe instinct. So the good stuff, then the bad stuff. In Montreal, I played on the third line from the first day of camp every single day. Radek Bonk, Alexander Perijogin. Every single day. We never got split apart. Never got on the power play. And I'm like, I'd always been on the power play. I'd always played top six. And, and so I was desperate to get in the top six. So finally, one of the upper lines was struggling or whatever. And they put me playing with Thomas Plakanitz and Alex Kovalev. I'm like, okay, this is it. i got to have a game because it's I'm, I'm, my spot. Finally, December. I've been waiting too much for this. And it was a night that Kobe was having a relaxing time out there. Is that he, the night where he got slashed in the hand? No, yeah, right. He played like he got slashed in his legs. Like, he, he just wasn't, he wasn't engaged. And I, it all culminated in the second period, first period. And I tried to throw a cross-ice pass to him. It was a little bit ahead of him because I thought he was going to be going a bit quicker. But it's okay. It's off the boards. And he gets skate into it. And it bounced off the boards. And he just stood upright. And, he, lo- and he, g- <laughs> he gave me the double look across like, what are you doing, kid? That's not on my tape. I swear to God, I never play with him. I never shift again. Like, I got pulled to the third line that moment. <laughs> like, straight off oh, the ice. God. Off the power play. And I'm like, Kobe!
0: That's come on good. you're killing one me. game
3: one game I need you to play and he wasn't having it so um you know I see fans could have a see a moment like that and get but I I really quite liked him
1: yeah but that moment yeah
3: that kind of sums him up though yeah. doesn't it
1: yeah you know because you saw the skill and everything but then you're right yeah, and you he was sick nice his hand, like
3: his skill was yeah he was gross. insane yeah um saku koivu you played Yeah, Sak, koivu. I mean really neat guy I mean I didn't know anything about him Probably one of the greatest moments the last thirty years in the NHL was his first game back. Oh, yeah, the, the visual of sure. him on the Crazy. on the blue line with the still no hair and um, really, I, I, I quite liked him. Uh, really, and a, and a good leader. The only captain in my entire life, certainly NHL career, that gave the you know raw raw speech that like resonated. Right.
0: It, everyone it, else,
3: it was like, everyone oh. else was like everyone oh. else like. Can you finish up? We got a Gatorade, <laughs> like you know. But this guy, and, and again, I wasn't particularly tied to him. It was you know, it just I just been there a few months, but when he stood up the one time, and it was just like, yeah, yeah, so, you know, yeah. it was it got you going. So um, yeah, a lot of respect for him. He was and a, and a good captain, good teammate, um, and dealt with a lot of stuff in Montreal. Well, and that's like you know I think of him, like of Matt's the captains, yeah. like dealing with that stuff. He dealt with it well. Did so,
2: you ever have a captain who gave a speech where
3: people laughed? <laughs> um, <laughs> not just the whole <laughs> Maybe I'm, later. I might give like Jay a look across the room, like, hmm, are you hearing what I'm hearing? And you're, you're close, buddy. But um, yeah. No, I, there was some moments that you and didn't even have to be a captain doing. Like maybe some other would, guy would. Pipe up and think it was his moment to give his best Newt Rockney and you're like, no man. No. <laughs> it's, not, it's not working for you today. God,
1: I wish I could be I wish we could have a whole show of those moments. Oh, it would be priceless. Um Claude Lemieux you played with in
2: Phoenix.
3: Yeah, Pep. Um so Pep was a different cat. Um, <laughs> he broke my in Jersey, he broke my orbital bone. and I still have the dent in it on purpose with his stick. Well, that's I not took nice. the puck off of him, he turned around and towed it over and like wow. Just broke my right of my eye I wasn't my advisor or anything it was like Jeez. this far from my eye and I'm like this guy's a I don't know if I can swear on this podcast oh, yeah, but yeah, I'm like can. this yeah. guy's a jerk Yeah. but then he's
0: like it's not, he's not so bad
3: um, but he was he was in a tough spot at that point in his career because he was brought in to be great in the playoffs yes he as didn't always. make the playoffs that often Right. so it was kind of a not a great fit except for the one year we make the playoffs and I was playing on a good line at that point I was playing with uh, what was it maybe a lot, of, a lot of Slav Nagy and Damon Lanko. Lanko. And, and, and we'd finished the year well, last 25 games, like every game together. And we got to the playoffs and the coach was like, yeah, I'm putting Pep on that line. I'm like, oh, brutal. What, what for? Why? Because wow, that's what he's here for. I'm yeah. like, what am I here for? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, well, you haven't wanted a Conn Smythe. I'm like, true. So so we played San Jose in the playoffs and I'm like, right back to the third line. I'm like, what is this nonsense? Oh, man. And... Uh, yeah, I think it lasted two games with Pep up there. And then Why the nickname Pep? Did I get that? Oh, Pepa you love me? Okay. From the, um, from this and then you played with Roenick there. Yeah. So, <laughs> first it, first thought for JR was I pulled into the practice rink and I was walking in the back door with my bag and I'm looking at the cars and like Arizona's nice cars. Like, there's some cities have nice cars, Canadian ones aren't, aren't them because of the, the weather. But so I'm checking out all the cars, they're amazing. And one says on the license plate, Styles 97. I'm like, wow.
0: <laughs> that's aggressive.
3: That is so aggressive for a personalized license plate like that. Um, so I'm like, okay, this is JR. <laughs> but if, same thing, I'm like, and this guy's going to be a bit, of a bit of a bit of a douche. You know I mean, Like, just full of himself. But he wasn't. He, first, he was one of the first yeah. guys, like, listen, Mike, you need anything. You call me. You need a place to stay. You right. stay at my house. You need a car. You need a phone. Like, anything you need. Um, family issues Like just call me I'll, I'll take care of it Now only, we were on the team For like two weeks together But right. um, Yeah he was He was good Now The introduction to him Was not as good As the introduction to uh, Big Walt Keith Kachuk Oh Yeah I was just gonna ask you About Kachuk So Keith Kachuk We get through the first practice Go to my first game Old America West Rink I'm walking I'm, At this point I'm 27 Or 8 I'm like 6, 5 years in my NHL career. I'm not a kid Right so he's walk, I walk in the dressing room before the game, and we're kind of getting ourselves organized. He's like, he's wearing a robe, like a terry cloth robe that says Walt, big Waltz on it. And you know, he's walking around. He's got his feet up on the couch, oh and he's God. like, "Kid, kid, like, are you talking to me? Like, I'm, I'm almost thirty, sir. Um, I think you're four years older than me. Like, we're almost the same age. Like, kid, come here. Like, hey, what's up, Keith? He's like, um, it's Walt. I'm like, okay.
0: Okay. He's <laughs> are playing this game. I'm like,
3: okay. And I'm not, and I'm not sure if he's kidding or not. Right. But he's just like, so um, just before we get going, two rules on this team. Always pass the puck to seven is rule number one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like he's saying it, kind of tongue in cheek, but maybe not. And he's like, and the second rule, don't you ever forget rule number one. <laughs> and then he turned and walked away. And I'm like, what? What And I'm happened? looking at everyone else like, is that a thing? Is that a shtick? Is he, is he getting me? Is he, is he punking me? Is Ashton Kutcher coming out? <laughs> That's oh, awesome. man. And he was also an amazing guy. Really? Yeah. yeah. Another guy. It, almost across the board, guys that I thought I would not like, just because they're per, what I perceive them to be as yeah. players, were generally some of the guys I like the most. Right. Matt Barnaby. No. I was just going to ask you about you were Barnaby. Ask you about I haven't. Look,
1: yeah. look. It's on there. Um, Barnaby. Yeah. Barnaby, I, yeah, I, I didn't realize he played with you in Tampa, Tampa right? yeah. yeah.
2: Barnaby and Roenick, we would say the same things yeah. too because we both have worked with Barnaby and we've also seen Roenick at various well, events yeah. and we saw him at the Olympics and we always sit down and have a chat with
1: yeah, him. He's yeah, he's always good to us. I think I have a theory about Roenick, though. He wants to be loved. He doesn't. Well, who doesn't, he, Jay? No, I know, but he really does. You know, like he doesn't want anyone in the room to not like him, so he's good to everybody.
3: Yeah, well, he was good to me the, the yeah. couple of weeks we played together, and he's good to me now. Like, you know, I work at NBC on occasion, and we cross paths. Yeah, he's always great. He's, to us. He's, he's been he's fantastic. Awesome. Do you though. ever
2: look into his eyes while he's saying something on NBC, and you're like, "Where are you going with this?" Because I do it when I'm watching at home. Because I'm like, I don't know how he's going to... Okay, brought it around Where's he going to pull this one out of there?
3: <laughs> this one's going off the rails. No, he saved it! But, but, but when he
1: played, he was so good in post-game clips that I think he doesn't try maybe as hard now. Is that... Would you say that's a fair assessment? Uh, I've not
3: assessment? been in studio with him, so I can't say how hard he tries or prepares. But, um, you know, he's got... His personality oh, it's so is, amazing. is uh, one of his strongest... Do you, but, do you but, have a
2: memorabilia shrine at home?
3: No. No. I literally have no... Nothing. I have, You're one of
2: those guys, because it's one or the other. Yeah, There's no yeah. in-between. I
3: have my first goal puck on the wall in of my office. I have maybe my all-rookie team plaque or something on the wall. Maybe, I don't know, I gets hit by the closet door all the time. <laughs> somewhere I won, like, I won the rookie of the year for the sporting news. It's a big deal. Yeah. (laughs) At the time, sporting news is big. Um, But anyway, it's like an Oscar. So it looks neat. Mm. Um, So I have that maybe in my office. That's it. That's only in my office. There's not one other thing related to hockey anywhere in my house. Okay. Let's go back to Barnaby. Yeah. So, good guy, you're saying, Uh, when you played with him. So, yeah. And kind of like soft-spoken off the ice. Really? And yet, Still, kind of insane on the
1: ice, right? Like the t- those guys. It yeah. seems again across the board.
3: Yeah, those kind of guys he was insane on the ice. On the ice, because he was kind of crazy. Oh, he yeah. was insane. Like, insane like, yeah. Not just the googly eyes, but just <laughs> you know the things he did and the, 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 the in the middle of the fights and all the stuff. And he uh, and
2: Theo Fleury I would put in the same category because I've oh. asked that about Flurry. Like we've met him a few times. Yeah. And I'm like, you were insane. He's like, yeah, I yeah. was a bit crazy on
3: the in Arizona. Theo Fleury. sidebar. We were playing uh, the Rangers, and I think he was going through a bit of a tougher time in those years. And he was late in the game, and (laughs) he he got frustrated we were winning, got kicked out of the game. And back then, our dressing room was kind of like kitty corner to theirs, so they had to change and walk in behind our lounge to where their clothes were. And so we got off, the, and all of a sudden we hear a commotion in the hallway. And it's like like a horde of angry stampeding men (laughs) going down the hallway. It's just Theo, just breaking everything. And there, the, the Phoenix Suns practice rink, or rink, uh, court, court. was right there, like right, sunk it down. Right. He's breaking the glass, like, Jesus. that was looking into it. He, there's a payphone for some reason. He knocked a payphone <laughs> off. That's how old we are. He wanted the money. We wanted yeah, like, the it, quarters. It, he, he took a fountain off the, off the wall, like, Jeez. everything. It was, you're like, what's happening out there? And then we just, <laughs> quick, shut the door, get back inside.
1: You played with Wendell, too. Wendell Clark.
3: Wendell Clark was my first roommate. Jesus. No. Uh, when I got to like my first what? camp, and how is that? You're a Toronto kid. Yeah, I played with him on my first game. He was, Did you uh, just kneel
2: next to his bed and watch him sleep? <laughs> so, well, for, first,
3: <laughs> my first game, I show up to play, and I've not met anyone they had, they had an optional skate, so nobody was there. I went to the game, and I'm people are kind of looking at me like it's March, team's not doing well. They don't even know. There's on Twitter like nobody knows what I what I'm doing there like who's right. this guy like, <laughs> like Larry Murphy been... literally sat down with me at the Hall of Famer Larry Murphy at pregame meal and he's like uh, so would you win a contest <laughs> he thought I was like <laughs> have a day with the leash from Molson he, I'm like no man I'm playing he's like. Oh, all right, then. <laughs> so typical. right like, No big so deal. How did you win a contest? <laughs> Larry uh, Murphy. So we're, I'm sitting there before the game, and I'm nervously – I don't know who I'm playing with. And like they have a whole bunch of guys in that team I'd not heard of, like Freddie Modine and Jason Smith and Steve Sullivan and Todd Warner and Marcel – like all kinds of guys. I've never heard of them. So they write down Sundin, Berezin, and I don't know whoever else – Jonas Hoagland, whoever else the first liner was. <laughs> and they write down Clark – 17, 11 was Steve Sullivan, and 20. I was given number 20. And I'm like, so I I anxiously, like a child, look to Wendell Clark for approval. Like somehow it's like, is this going to be okay with you? (laughs) (laughs) As to no joke, he's like stifling a yawn. (laughs) It's, It's Tampa in February. It's like just another night. It's the biggest moment of my life. And he could not be less interested. So then I quickly, I'm like not getting out of the hang out of him. I turned to Sully, who is, I still think, younger than I am. He might be 21. And he's looking at me with, like, the cut-eye. Like, so disappointed that he's saddled with this with rookie you. from college. <laughs> I'm like, like, shaking his head in disgust. At that point, he had 34 games under his belt, and he's got no time for me. We laugh about it all the time now. Because oh, we got he got a goal and an assist, I got an assist, I got cut for 10 stitches, it all worked out fine. But... <laughs> That was my Wendell first game. And then the next year in training camp, it was probably the only time in the last 20 years I played hockey that I had to make a team. Because I was on a two-way contract. There was no guarantees. I, I had to make it. I'd only played 13 games the year before. So I was very nervous. I'd never been to training camp. I wasn't one of those kids who has been drafted. had been to five of them. So I'm paired up with Wendell. And... Like a good boy scout, like I go back from the rink and I just kinda sit around. I go to dinner at five thirty and I'm back in the room. And every night Wendell would roll it roll out of his bed at like nine forty five. Come for dinner, kid? I'm like, Dinner? I ate four hours ago. I'm like, where were you going for dinner? Steak. <laughs> every but night. I, every night. He went for 10 o'clock steak every night. <laughs> yes. And I'd that be like, amazing. sound asleep. He'd walk back in at midnight or something. And I'd have been asleep for two hours. <laughs> I don't know if we spoke for 10 minutes that whole t- week. But I've already eaten. But, <laughs> that's what, that's what, what I sound That's kid. what I still sound like to him. <laughs> <laughs> That uh, is amazing. Yeah.
1: Uh,
2: oh, my
3: God. We've got to go great. do
1: TV now with you. Yeah. Yeah, that's the end. I could talk to
3: you about uh, oh, yeah. your career I, all day. I man. always have
2: to ask one goalie question: best goalie you ever played
3: with? Oh, that's it. That's a good one. Uh, Dominic Hashik by miles. Okay. He was yeah. just oh man. <laughs> just tell us just a, just <laughs> yeah. give us a snippet of that guy. Oh, uh, if I could do see, I'm not good at <laughs> impersonations. Just right, give the uh, okay. Uh, so so here's my here's my no, this good.
1: actually happened. It was a TSN game when he was playing for Ottawa, and Ray Emery was his backup, mm-hmm. and he his back Hashik's back was effed. So we had him mic'd up. We had Hashik mic'd up in the warm-up skate. And so, uh, you know, Cuthbert's like, "All right, I think we got some uh, we, got, we got some information from Dominic Hashik." And it cuts to them. And it's the two of them skating around, Hashik and Emery, and Hashik comes up behind him. He's like, "Razor." <laughs> Razor. My back.
3: <laughs> Razor. You're in. My back. That's <laughs> that's it. That's, that's all he said. That's not bad. Because that's, that's very accurate. That's very accurate. And he'd, he'd go in front of the net, and he would just go in that accent. Masi, Masi. It's like he's doing an NBC commercial. Masi. Like, although he was he was a little squirrely, because I when he was in Buffalo, great goaltender, you didn't know what he was doing. He was a just, little?
2: He got in a fight in a, um, in a road hockey game.
3: Yeah, well, this <laughs> So he <laughs> was—they were doing a team picture in Buffalo, I and he kind of had the curly, toughly hair or whatever. Yeah. So one of the guys was like was calling him Kramer from Seinfeld, right? And the guys thought it was funny. Dom did not. No. Oh. that player came into the dressing room and found his pants. To bring it full circle, back where the plunger would go, right down. <laughs> he put his to- pants in a toilet, <laughs> in a used toilet. He's oh. Hashik! Wow. Uh. Let's get Cup Crazy 2000. <laughs> and needless to say, the guy almost went to fight Hashik over that. Wow. But the team couldn't let him because he's Hashik. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was protected. But anyway, so he was an intense competitor <laughs> I guess and so. a very good goalie. I guess so. Wait, second favorite, second best goalie played with. Second best goalie, kooch Cujo. Now, I played yeah. with him, but you know, you he played was, with him twice, kind of. Uh, yes, in Arizona. Right. Look at you did twice, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. We were in Arizona for one year, but in Toronto specifically, he was, it was the first time I maybe played before a goalie who you're like, he, he made you better. He made you yeah. think you were better than you were. Right. Because mm-hmm. you could screw up, he'd save it, you wouldn't feel bad about yourself, and he'd <laughs> empower you to go be better because right. you didn't worry about the bad stuff. Um, and also, one of the best guys ever. Forget about <laughs> that he was a goalie, who are generally, you know, unique. Crazy. Um, yeah, he's he was awesome. So, yeah, Cooge was uh, spectacular for those few years. Well, this is awesome. He like, got
2: mentioned on last week's podcast, because Carlo Coliacomo was on, and people said, like, I guess he's not a Stephen King fan because Carlos said, Yeah, you got to picture of some dog on his head. No, like, he
1: said an animal and he an didn't, animal. didn't know it was he was a dog. Realize Cujo's Cujo. from the He didn't know that Cujo was. Well, a Carlos got to be. I
3: now mean, he's doing radio every day. He's got to read a little bit more. I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying. Uh, this is
2: awesome. I wonder Mike. what former Leaf will be on our podcast.
3: <laughs> With Jeff O'Neill coming
0: on. Yeah? Jeff O'Neill. Uh,
1: well. <laughs> That's always a tough. one. We keep trying to get
3: him on the TV show, but he won't come and sit over you, in the side seats. You got to do it on a night where he's doing the leaf panels. Yeah, he's I know. Well, well, I think you're we'll... never going to get him to come back.
1: But the problem is, he won't come sit in the side seats because he feels he'll look too fat in the seats. He actually said that.
3: Is there a slimming seat? I don't like. What he is, wants to sit behind, a behind that. The desk. Is slimming? Oh, he wants desk. to sit behind
1: us so it hides. Uh, he's way he, too hard on himself.
3: I, I thought I thought he worked out this
1: summer. I, I it think it's he fine. I think he's
3: doing like tweeting out pictures of him doing CrossFit in Collingwood.
1: He's a very sensitive man. Yeah. <laughs> That's what makes him so lovable. I know, relatable. I, I absolutely yeah. love him. Um, man, Mike, this is awesome. Thanks yeah, for coming anytime. on the show, man. This is awesome. I mean, we're going to head over and do the TV show now. Um, yeah, I guess it's over, Toolsy. Is
2: there anything else to say? Nope, just return a text to my mom. All right. So, to Sandra
3: <laughs> ends, and everyone Toolsy. else out there. <laughs> <Never ends. laughs> thanks yeah. for
2: listening. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you next week.
0: We're going home.